spoken lately. I haven't thought about flying for a long time. I haven't dreamed of that moment when I was alone above the clouds for a long time. I haven't dreamed of waking up in a room surrounded in blue and green grass for more years than I could dream of memory. I haven't walked back into the past or scratched on the doors of my origins where it all came from since I held up that cape for the last time. Return to Kent Town 10th year anniversary edition is a revised version of Ambien's first poetry book. The book can be purchased from Amazon and it contains numerous additional material. Spoken Label Hi, it's Andy Ann from Spoken Label. Spoken Label was originally set up at the beginning of 2016 and records show it started off really as a one-off podcast chatting to writers poets and artists. Over time it became monthly then weekly and occasionally nowadays it goes on back to a more regular basis. To date I've done over 330 sessions and I'm always looking for new poets, writers, artists, singer-songwriters, general interesting creative people to come onto the podcast. You can find this on all the usual networks over Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Podbay and dozens of others. But it does have a central database of spoken label, which is all one word, dot bandcamp.com. Obviously now, to help me with the running costs of this podcast, I'm always grateful for any kind of donation to assist me with it. You can even do the donation through the Bandcamp page by putting in a fee to download one of the free podcasts or send it over to my PayPal to aen1mpo at yahoo.co.uk My email address again is aen1mpo at yahoo dot co dot uk enjoy the podcast take care bye spoken label hi guys andy n spoken label back in the house on a sunday evening yes second podcast today and first one was cloaked in the shadows and that was an entertaining experience great fun but anyway on to my bread and butter now spoken label my author artist poet and all kinds of creative shit podcast now i've got a very talkative lady with me today here as well and I only found out what her name was about an hour ago because on, on, she was on Instagram and she had it under a completely different name. So I just found it out now. So we've got, and a lady I think is going to make some waves here as well. So we've got the wonderful Eve Ginsberg. Now, Eve, hello. You've got, you've got absolute, I can see it in the bio you've sent me, you've got a load to say. So let's start off with, as I always say, the beginning. So tell people where you're from and then. We'll move on to where you were and where you are. That, that's a good way of putting it, isn't it? So. Yeah. <laughs> Go for it. The timeline. Um, so originally I'm a Yorkshire girl and then I uh, moved over to London to go to uh, drama school. Um, and I went to Rose Bruford and I studied stage management, you know, theatre production, that kind of thing. Mm. Um, and I quickly found out that rental prices in London were super, super expensive. Um, and a career in the arts was kind of, was you know wasn't really cutting you know those rent prices so um went and worked in the corporate world for about 10 10 years or so 
Then I moved to Manchester. Do yeah, you, I'm in North you, Manchester. Yeah, you're North, North Manchester last now, even if you're not born that way, you are by blood. Now, <laughs> it's interesting what you told me before as well, because like obviously, yeah, you, your creativity has kicked back in over lockdown, didn't it? So, yeah. So I'll explain. Yeah, explain yeah. that. Might be, might be a good way to help people <laughs> understand it because it's interesting. Yeah. Like I know quite a few creative people that stopped over lockdown, didn't come back. But you're a case of a few people I know who's actually kicked in even more. So yeah. give us that story. Now. I'll explain. So, uh, <laughs> well, I'm in my late thirties now, um, and. Over the years, I'd, I've worked like sort of in corporate businesses. I've not worked in any arts business whatsoever for a long, long time. Um, and my at this time as well, sort of running parallel to this, um, I've had a, a lot of quite serious mental health problems. Um, I found, you know, sort of over the years, it's been a bit of a journey finding out all these things about myself um, and, you know, working out getting myself medicated and getting myself healed and that kind of thing. And along this journey sort of came like all this counselling and everything else. Mm. And during lockdown, unfortunately, I nearly died twice. Um, <laughs> um, and in 2022, you know, it was probably the worst year of my life. Um, and then this big sort of massive bang happened inside my mind. Um, mm. And then all this stuff started, beautiful stuff started to flow out. When I was in the hospital bed, I just started writing and it was just a tool at first to, you know, help me get better. And then as time went on, it became like this absolutely just, I couldn't put it down, this massive passion of mine. So, um, you know, it's just, I can't stop it. So it's, I, I, that's my journey so far. I've known stories like that before. And I think it's great because I, in my case, because like I started when I was 10. So I, I, I was right to go the terrible shit when I was 10. Then I went to teenage to teenage anguish. And yeah. I proper started when I was about 28, so a long time ago still. But you do like it. Sometimes you just need the trigger sometimes. Yeah. And that's what I find it's interesting. People like say just the trigger is launching in one direction, isn't it? So, yeah. So, and it's just you don't – it's a great journey. It's a great adventure. You don't know where it's going to go next. I think so. Definitely yeah. now. Now, you told me originally, didn't you? Uh, you originally started on a small handful of online shows – Obviously, why yeah. we're in lockdown. So, did, yeah. Me, tell us about what made you want to go to these shows first of all. Well, um, so I had um some friends at the time, and they were running a sort of online social group for queer people, um, mm. and within sort of this queer this discussion, sort of came this night, um, online sort of show, online night, um, and I'd said I'd been writing some poetry to the runners of this this group, and they'd said, oh, well, maybe we should do a poetry night because they knew other people who were interested in it. So, um, that's how it began, really. So I read some read some poems. Some of them were horrendous, to be honest. Looking back, poems always <laughs> are. Even one year, you know, from before, and I've only got one actually that I've I've still kept originally, um, and that's about me having OCD, um. So, and it's quite a funny one, actually. I'm going to read that well, today. So. Yeah, I look forward to it. Def definitely in a minute. Definitely. Now, I always believe anyway, and a famous musician from your area, Marky Smith, that was Live the Fall. Yeah. I know he's quoted as saying, to write good, you've got to write crap. <laughs> so, which is true, you think about it. Like I said, it's like, it's like you're not going to, despite the fact I know some people that claim otherwise, to become a good writer, you've got to learn I mean, it's got to be a learning on it to how you find your voice and stuff. So yeah. I'm curious to learn about this. And tell me, of what did it take you a long time to find your voice? And did it when you started writing? No, because I think that is actually what is 
the charm of my writing. I think mm. that, that is a comment that I have the whole time is that I'm really good at describing a situation mm. um, and, you know, giving it a narrative and breaking it down so people understand that. Brilliant. No, brilliant. That's why I know it's good. It's good if you, if you found your voice quickly. It's not something that everybody always found when you're a writer anyway. And I'm I'm really awkward, Bugger, to be honest, because my writing is always going off in different tangents all the time. And Amanda's very similar to me. We never sit still. We're always trying out different approaches, yeah, okay. different ideas, always moving. But it's not always the best way to do it. But yeah, brilliant with that. So definitely now. I know obviously you've just started, people are wondering, you've just gone onto the spoken word scene yourself, haven't you? So. I have, yeah. I've just, like, began, and I'm in this, like, absolutely magical world of these characters. And, you know, I'm not saying I'm not someone that fits in there, but <laughs> um, it's absolutely beautiful to meet with these minds and, you know, the inspiration that I have got from watching some beautiful poets. I mean, we're talking, like, Anna Percy. You know, Anna Percy knows that I am a massive fan. Um, also, you know, Dominic Berry. I've seen Dominic Berry a couple of times, and I, I think Dominic's fantastic. Um, but but, but about Dominic. I was at his very first and full-length show he did in Manchester, actually. Huh. That was a long time ago. So last week, actually. First time in ages, actually. So it just shows you people. Yeah. So that's yeah, why. Yeah. Yeah, he's an inspiration, you know. And when you see poets like that, you can only think, dream, you know. Um, but... It's just, like you say, it is a learning curve and it's about going to watch other poets and, you know, not necessarily like plagiarising anything, but it's more about sort of giving yourself the knowledge, you know, you know, and learning what you could maybe change if you could yeah, put different you rhythm do. in or something like you that. Do. You do, and know? I, think it's, I think it's the important thing that really as a writer, whenever you're getting going something like that, you're, while you're finding your own voice is to read, I think read a lot as well, read important yes. as much as performances come to hand in hand. Watch yeah. the, watch like YouTube videos. It's just a tip for people. Anybody doing this, look, watch, yeah, learn, evolve all the time. Like I said, that's why I've been this fifteen years now, and I've done what, what a few books and albums and bits and pieces. But I've never sat still. I've always like I've constantly want to see new people, whether it's in person, read the books, YouTube, whatever. Yeah, and that's what you do. You've got to constantly move it. Yeah, great. When you get that passion, yeah. it's, you find it's never going to go away. It's, it's you right. can't get enough. Yeah, no, you, can't. you can't get now, enough. I want, obviously, as people won't necessarily know who you are yet, I would just yeah. give some hints, not necessarily poetry. What's your reoccurring themes that's cropping up in your work? Right. So um, I will say definitely it's emotions, 100% emotions. I talk a lot about the trifecta of emotions that I feel oh, are the most powerful. That's a good so trifecta, like yeah. anger, you know, um, love, um, pain. Uh, sadness, you know, so I'll, that is always running. There's always emotions in my poetry. No matter what, you'll find emotions. And I don't say that I've got a necessarily got a style because obviously I'm new, so I am still trying out a few things. Um, but, yeah, that I would say that probably sums it up. Brilliant. Now, you did drop me a hint before, no, just we went on air as well. And I want to learn more about this because you've got a show coming up, haven't you, in September? That's, in, that's um, impressive, that is, to get that done. So get be on that one immediately as well. I know. So um, I've got a show coming up in September. It's at the King's Arms. Um, it's on the 26th to the 28th of September. Um, I'm also, um, to, you know, doing another back. It's a sort of double-ended show with Kerry Moriarty, who is doing her fantastic show um, oh, alongside yeah, yeah. my course, more yeah, reasons than why I'm going to die alone. So, um 
I think that it's going to be very interesting. You're going to hear from some absolutely strong, fantastic, you know, um, queer poets. And um, it's going to be a really interesting night, I think, of emotional. Um, <laughs> I don't know, just emotions. And I think power and turning that pain into power and, you know, watching the underdog finally win. It, it's it's a real t- tale of victory in the end. It's not all really sad. No, no, great. I think I always believe it. You've got to have a relief at the end of it anyway. If you don't, you crack up, basically. That's what I'm a firm believer in anyway. Give them the old shit sandwich, you know. Do, oh, do something a bit yeah. heavy and then, you know. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. You get used to that. You see, if you ever see me read, I go from the surreal to the mad sometimes, right? So. I love it. <laughs> I like I like the time. You see, that's, for me personally, that's what I love because I think like to think that I write with my little toes sort of like dipped in the edge of cosmic reality, you know. Sometimes I'll I'll go into this little crazy, fantastical world and then, Occasionally, you know, I'll step back back into reality. Oh, you've got, um, you've got you've got to sometimes, sometimes you like steal all these wonderful ideas. Yeah. Oh god, yeah, completely. Van, no, brilliant. I could love it definitely. So that's obviously your plan to go towards the show then. So yeah, I'm, quite, I'm um, going to have to ask you. Have your work been quite new still? Then have you seen? You've told me already off already that uh, when you first got going, with it, you've already chucked a lot of your very early work. Do you, do you have you found that your work's really quite quickly evolving at the moment? Not at this moment in time. I would say that um, it's got slower. <laughs> so when oh, I first yeah. started, I was like, oh, that's awful, boom, get it off, you know, and it was all rhyming couplets constantly and, you know, how you start off. And yeah. um, and then I sort of took the things that I felt were the magic from those really bare bones and just kind of kept taking that and trying new things and add, you know it's been like a Frankenstein Frankenstein starts you know type project but eventually I do feel like I am slowly now settling into my voice I can you know like I almost have a figure in my mind of who I am as a as a writer and yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah. she's coming coming out now and showing herself good. you know good I look forward to your journey on that one definitely let's it's hard. I don't want to put you too much too much pressure today anyway, because obviously we've been quite new. So I think yeah. what we'll do is Eve, we're actually conclude part one now, do a short yeah. and normal part one. What we'll do is we'll go and get you to read your poems out of us in the second half, yeah. and then we'll talk about each poem yeah. as we go in between. Because I've not heard these poems, I certainly don't heard all of them. So yeah, I, I can ask you a lot You've not more heard any of them, actually. Yeah, you, you no, might have heard one, actually, one. <laughs> might have heard one. So what you can always do is you can, we can talk about it in more depth, definitely, in that way. And I can ask you questions about why did you do this? Why did you do that? Yeah, of course. And I'll be sat there. Yeah, do that. So but any other guys goes, hang around. We shall see you all in two chicks of the dice. Spoken Label. Hi, guys. Andy N. Spoken Label. The very entertaining and quite wonderful Eve Ginsberg. Okay, Eve, I know you're going to do four pieces today, and I'm going to ask you loads of tons and horrible and nasty probing questions about each one. No, no. <laughs> Go for it. Over to you, my friends. Okay, so this one's called False Start. That cinder-toppied smile of flaky, sweet seduction. I stayed in my lane, no underhanded overtaking. I let Jesus steer the wheel. 
chocolate pennies presented to you down from heaven useless currency because all you were peddling was your soul licorice limerent sweet at first accumulating more bitterness the more it broke down hard-boiled egos bounce off each other excitedly and then swirl around like stunted predators gifted a split second sweet kiss but did i actually steal it is that why i got just desserts served up icy cold disappointment of you thinking i was ever different cowering in the shadow of your own greatness self-sabotage riots around battering down rare doors of opportunity open up that mind perfectly good gift voucher left to expire absence causing its generosity to fade happiness of me only hearing the bullets as they thundered out from that torture chamber all close shaves from the barber of no regrets russian roulette of what is which one will finally finish me off let not stop you always ran, leaving me unread. Your constant mislabeling of my feelings rendered the situation sticky. And the roller coaster was careering off its tracks. Out of the gate, but just a false start. Never going back. Thank you. My head was popping after that. No, uh, people always wonder. You should have said, please adjust your TV set, shouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, you might have done that. No, like, people always wonder, I always think the headphones that I can control the sound more then. I don't, I don't have the neighbours. I think you wouldn't. If I had the headphones out then, have the neighbours in the car park. I know, I feel sorry for mine. Sorry. You <laughs> <laughs> have now, this every day. I, yeah, I don't know how oh, they survive. <laughs> okay, well, tell us about this piece then. Obviously, okay. you told us about the situation yeah. in Age of Tinder. It's the real yeah. anguish in that piece as well. So was that, I'm getting used to your style now, was this quite a quick piece to write then for you, first of all? Yeah, so the issue is, with this one, it took me quite a short amount of time because it's actually a bit of a recount of, um, so I've got an old friend who um, sort of came and sat next to me one day and was just like, you know, I've had enough of this situation ships. You know, I've had like four people tell me to, you know, um, ghost me within, you know, a very short amount of time. And she's just saying, you know, I'm just out of talking stages, you know. And um, there were some situations where these people, you know, she'd got really emotionally invested and oh, she, one day she woke up and, you know, block, block, block. So oh, it, no. just it's left confused and barren, yeah, it, you know. Oh, it's, the cruelty, it's the cruelty of internet dating that is straight away because, like, I've had it certainly before I went with Amanda and, like, I had somebody, not, and the worst one I had, somebody blocked me on Facebook, not just on my Facebook. It went and told my friend who I met them through, oh, can you tell Andy he's dumped? And I thought, you do, like, it's it takes it out of you, doesn't it? Like, you know, and it is, and I think it's a, a snapshot of the fact that during lockdown, a lot of people sort of lost communication skills, including me. And you know, it's this whole thing of not actually saying what 
what you actually feel and that actually stops you from having a good time you're so safe you know these days i think daters are so safeguarded with you know not doing red flags not putting oh, yeah. a foot wrong making sure you know everything's perfect that you know or they've got such a long list you know it's ridiculous so i think you know it is kind of one of those situations where you pick so much you're gonna pick shit you know <laughs> and oh, um God, yeah, i was God, just trying yeah. to give a bit of a sh- snapshot because i'm hearing it from left right and center at the moment from my friends so oh yeah, yeah completely even during lockdown it was horrible because other people i know people that went on blind dates on zoom yeah <laughs> really? that's hilarious yeah oh, I know, but i know somebody also went on a date Brilliant, but in, <laughs> but it went to date, met somebody outside. They had to give each other two meters distance, oh. and they both they met up in these like country fields. They're separate cars. And they were shouting at each other for forty-five minutes. <laughs> well, it's a good story to tell the grandkids, anyway, isn't it? <laughs> no, not my not my story. It's all I'm going to say there. So, what you do it's it's definitely it's, it's impacted people, and I think you can really see it in your rage and your passion in this piece immediately because it's like. Society has changed, I think, over the last couple of years. And whether it's the better sometimes, that's not for us to say. But, yeah, excellent Yeah, stuff. thank you. Excellent. Okay, let's go on to piece number two then. Right, so piece number two is the flagship um, piece for my show, Professional Scape Girl. And um, let's uh, kick this off. <clears throat> Raise your glasses. Make a toast to seeing clearly. I want to dip my toe in reality now. No wonder some kids, some people mistreated as kids, become alcoholics. When you're taught abuse is love, you love the booze, but you're just loving another abuser. Drinking on top of already fractured thinking piles too much pressure on the thin ice between reality and the fifth dimension. Just a lack of comprehension. Evil was never the intention. If the brain was a bone, mine would be broken in multiple places. Drinking dulls the ringing in your ears. Empty bottles line up on the windowsill, just like the proofless rumours. I'll stick my head up and even with the strongest shot, they'd still miss the bullseye and falsely claim to be on the money. Drinking stunts the parts of the brain that create new memories because you don't think you deserve them until one day that old faithful turns on you from bathing in blissful pools of ignorance to drowning in hell psychosis. The relief you feel when you finally start pouring out your heart instead of the whiskey, rebuilding on a foundation of humans on the rocks and new family ties, just on truth, not on lies, finally opened my eyes. And when the glass runs dry, so does the guilt. The ringing in ears has stopped the smash of the final bottle as it hits the bottom of the bin marks the end of the most code of inaccurate information circulated behind your back like a poison telegram every time you try to rise from the depths of depravity the ghouls show up and try and sabotage sabotage this good new life luckily the wick crack of jealousy backfires and snatches them back under the rocks as quickly as they appeared 
You were a professional scapegoat. And when you stopped pouring the hate down your throat, the rain dried up and the sun came out. Great Thank ending. You. Oh, great ending. Love the ending that the sunshine came up at the end then. Yeah, you've really touched, you've touched on a lot of ground on that piece again as well. It made me think of when like, you talk about sort of the whiskey inside of it there, like, people's obsessions change. And I've dated myself before now, an alcoholic myself, certainly pre-Amanda, way pre-Amanda. And I used to, used to ring me up sometimes on nights I wasn't around there, absolutely off a, how do you put it? Um, off, a, off a one, right? That's, that's pretty nicely, right? Yeah. And it's like, it's, I don't drink now, as you know, I'm, I'm diabetic and want too much medication. So, yeah. but like I mean, it's, it, you can see it's yeah, abuse. It's a real it abuse. Is, and al alcoholism is, is a horrible, horrible affliction. Um, and I feel like a lot of people have used alcohol in the past, including myself, to self-medicate lots of mental illnesses. And what the poem basically is about is just saying that, you know, it's a vicious cycle. You shouldn't be doing, you know, in a way, you shouldn't be, you know, if you are an alcoholic, you shouldn't be sort of, Sorry, that wasn't a point I wanted to make. Can we rewind that bit? <laughs> that wasn't fine. a point I wanted to make. That's fine. Rewind. Carry on. Carry on. Go on. Backtrack. I waffled a bit. Yeah, we'll go on. Um, so, yeah, basically, the piece, it explains, you know, I feel addiction, and but it starts off sad. It gives, it's a story. It's sort of a written story about an alcoholic as to, you know, why they were an alcoholic. And then it, it gives some nice light at the end of the tunnel again, you know, like it is the theme. It, it gives some nice light at the end of the tunnel because obviously it shows that they were just self-medicating with the alcohol. And, you know, when they stopped, you know, being an alcoholic, then lots of things sort of clicked into that person's place. So, um, you know, I believe that after speaking to a few people in that, that similar, you know, same, same situation, um, it was it was a common theme. So yeah, the, the actual show is a collection of people's experiences. It's not an autobiography at all. So no, I think it's yeah. it's always good that as a writer, John. Anyway, no, because I could see when you read that piece, I knew that wasn't you. It, you were you'd gone into character, is the best way to put it straight away. But I could see there was somebody you knew in that piece straight away, or some people. No, tremendous stuff. Absolutely brilliant. Thank you. On to piece number three. On to piece number three. So, actually, I will give you an autobiographical, uh, autobiographical one. <laughs> so, um, as a sufferer of um, obsessive compulsive disorder, luckily for me, I'm in remission. Um, but over lockdown, I had, oh, my OCD was absolutely off the charts. And I was um, going to quite a lot of online OCD help groups. And because I was writing my poetry for my shows um, and a lot of people were suffering from OCD because of the contamination element of it, because of, you know, COVID. Oh, and people who did also had, you know, people who never even had OCD started to develop it. Um, so myself as a veteran, <laughs> as I'd like to call myself, I wrote a poem um, to share with people in these groups online. And I believe that it, it did actually make them, you know, feel like they're related to it. So um, some people do take the pee out of, you know, piss out of OCD and they're just, you know, minimise it. And it's a horrid disorder that has you by the ghoulies 24 hours a day when you've got it. So it's relentless. And when I read this poem, it'll be very fast, very frantic, because that is the nature of OCD, full of anxiety. So here we go, without further ado. Go for it. Go for it. 
the other day, I saw a baby's bib. It said, I've got OCD, obsessively cute disorder. If only that was true. They don't have a clue. If I go near that pigeon, I'm going to catch bird flu. Irrational fears of the bottom of my shoe. Only the right one, though, or the middle toe, which has to stay aligned, or I'm going to go blind. Or even worse, put your family in a hearse because you didn't check the door a hundred times. Now you've committed war crimes. Intrusive thoughts strike through me like chimes of a fucked up clock on every hour. The internet, I will scour for ways to stop. Seek assurance. You'll definitely feel better. Follow the white coats to the letter. I try to be stealth in public places, but my mind races. Will I die from a virus because I touched the doorknob? My sanity, it's starting to rub. But I see their eyes when I'm sanitizing my thighs because they touch the period bin because I'm not thin, Searchingly, searching frantically for broken skin. What kind of sin did I commit in another life to deserve this plague on my mind? Some peace I try to find, but she's a relentless bitch. I'm going to become rich and find the cure. My OCD is like a boring chore. I have to do it like breathe. Thing, but it's thieving my life, not providing it like a quagmire of mental shit. Dousing my hands with bleach. I wouldn't dream of eating a peach, not knowing where it's been before. Rolling around on the floor, being touched by someone with an open sore. For God's sake. Why does my mind always deeply explore everything it doesn't need to? I just want to use a public loo. I dread needing a poo. It's hard to do a freestyle shit. Dig a hole in a forest and then bury it. Better than using a Starbucks toilet where you decide to try and shit into a cup midair. You fall to the ground. Now you've got crap in your hair. You have a panic attack. Then a barista called Jack starts banging on the door. You're trapped in a disease box with shit on your socks. Oh God, I can hear him opening the lock. I shoot out of the toilet like Usain Bolt. More like insane Bolt. You cry when you're at home, disinfecting your phone. I'm sure it's starting to malfunction. My brain, it's like Canning Junction. A million unwanted, loaded, stinking thoughts racing by each other. Did I inherit this hell from my mother or am I just too clever? My mind always endeavours to analyse everything to a high degree. Like... It was my fault. I'm guilty of every assault. I'd never hurt a fly in real life. Ask my wife. She won't let me keep a knife near my pillow. Paranoid thoughts always billow. What happens if we get robbed? If we get mobbed? Disturbing thoughts always rain on my parade. The police are planning a raid. All the worries they dance and jive, rattling around my brain, driving me insane. Hopefully meds will try to tame you. Burn you right out with exercise, medication, therapy, and eating a lot of trout. Wow. Thank you. Wow. Now, that's really, you can see, I think the other two pieces hinted on it, but that's, you can see your background in the theatre there, that one straight away, because right? it is a really theatrical piece, that one. Thank that's you. That's why. So I've got to ask you, backtrack. I'm going to ask, I should have asked you this before, about your theatre background then. Yeah, yeah. 
What made friend. you want to go and do theatre originally in London? Then? So I um, did a technical theatre, BTEC, and I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And then um, so I was thinking, right, well, I would love to like go and be a big sort of stage and events manager um, because the part of my technical theatre, I love the bits, you know, the stage management side of it. Yeah, of course. So yeah. I applied. Sorry. So, sorry. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, we can't encourage yeah, you. Yeah, so I applied for like, you know, I realised I loved like being behind the scenes, you know, and mm. propping everyone up and doing the, ex, you know, I loved all that, the, you know, the organisation of it all. So um, I, that's why I applied for loads of um, unis and I got in and got into a, a wonderful university, uh, Rose Bruford College, which was one of the top ones um, at the time for stage management. So, yeah, I did that and it was a wonderful three years, really. So, yeah, that's, yeah. No, I do, because my, my degrees in, as well as creative writers and theatre studies, so I could see it then where you're like, oh, that piece, and particularly the other two pieces, well, this third one in particular, I could see you on stage with all kinds of weird stage directions in the background of you as well. So it's it's definitely it's really theatrical, that piece, straight away. So Thank you. And I think, you know, it, it did have to be dramatic because OCD yeah. is a very dramatic... Yeah. You know, it's very, myself, definitely. Yeah, it's very up and down. It's not something like some people go in the, the middle like that. In the yeah, it's very high you're drama. Up, or you're very, do you? Definitely brilliant stuff indeed. Yeah, so there you go. So, yeah, um, that's that's that one. So um, right. just um, the last one that I'm going to do. Go for it. Go for um, it. I, um, this one is, again, it's about narcissistic abuse. So the show is broken up into two halves. The first one is snakes. The second one is ladders. Because I think in life, you know, um, we encounter a lot of snakes. But then when you learn as you go on, time goes on, you find other ladders and other ladders to help you. And, you know, when you've got lots of nice little ladders with an infinite, you know, infinite circle of love going on. Um, so in the snakes half, there's a lot of explanations about, you know, there's addiction, the themes of narcissistic abuse, Um there's, you know, issues of religion um, and things like that, mainly my own religion, which is Judaism. Um, so basically, um, one of the other main themes is narcissistic abuse. And this is a poem about purely about narcissistic abuse. Um, it's something that's coming to light. Um, I feel a lot of people are now becoming more educated on what um, narcissistic abuse entails. Um, and, you know, as time's going on, there are more people again in my life that are coming up to me and explaining this has happened to me, this has happened to me. So I've decided to write a piece and, you know, um, I feel like, again, this is a real mishmash of experiences. So here we go. It's another emotional one. So you might want to turn down that screen. <laughs> go for it. Let's, let's go. <clears throat> bit drink it's called take gone are the days of proudly parading around turds on pedestals playing hoopla with your intestines too acquainted with your stomach acid serving up the bitter taste of worthlessness siphoning all that precious love off into a haunting black infinity, a cat amongst the pigeons, disrupting your neural pathways, destroying any way out. One dimensional, single transaction, taking out credit they have no intention of paying back, 
a pile of bad debts accumulates, blocking the growth of emotional maturity. They're crossed to bear, pinning them to the ground when their back is up against the wall. Selectively appropriate amnesia. The rug's growing speed bumps. Still no obstacle for the inevitable firing squad. Humans disposable like tissues in a box. Pluck one out, expel your putrid bile, toss it aside. There's always a fresh one waiting, ready in the wings for the taking. Brand new blank slates, you ruin every time. Humans like juicy berries, frantically extracting their precious supplements. So many faces stockpiled for any occasion. Only place their face doesn't fit is in a game of who framed Roger Rabbit. A brazen fat controller, masterfully scheduling, complete avoidance or extraordinary collisions between powerful locomotives. Check the hidden agenda for showtimes. You put me on trial in your kangaroo court, but you're the one who likes a bit of the timey kangaroo dance fault. Reality to you is like hot wax. You need to manipulate it quickly before the truth sets in. Trying to chop down the trees of integrity with your axe to grind. Clicking the lighter just as the gas screeches around the bend. Autographing my suicide note. Just signing off your recent campaign. Cycling around again and again and again and again. Wow. Thank you, Andy. Wow. I'm going to remember... If people wondering at the times on it, we're due to meet. I'm due to meet you for the first time at Speakeasy coming this week. I'm thinking some earplugs. <laughs> Actually, I think that I'm not as loud as that in real life, but um, yeah, I do say you know you might want to turn the mic down a little bit. So. No, absolutely, it's been a pleasure to really ask today. It's that been was, amazing, thank you. That's been absolutely powerful as hell. That piece, that last piece, straight away with it. So it's it's interesting as the the range you've got when you're doing your show like this is going to be. How you how you actually pace all the pieces out? Yeah, trying to get them from go to A to B to C to D. That I've yep. done full hour sets for now, and it's tricky. And that's why you just try to get the last piece, aren't you? Like get people to go out in that right direction. Yeah, just putting in the puzzle. You've got all these wonderful pieces. Yeah, it's like how do they? Yeah, it's that level of book sometimes. I've done it with books before now. I've published, and it's yours. It can be the interesting one to see, like your first show. You think yourself. Which direction am I going with this? So have you got that? I don't. You don't have to tell people that, what they are, but do you know the order is going to be in the show yet? Yeah, like I say, my, my only giving away is the snakes in the first half. You've got your ladders in the second. I can't really give much away. The only other thing I am going to say before I leave is um, that um, there is some really funny pieces in it, and you know this is very emotional. I didn't want to do a one-hour trauma dump. Um, I wanted to make it a bit funny in the middle. So, um, well you know, I have got one really outstanding piece that I, I'm really excited to share with everyone. It's um, about my, it is autobiographical, biographical. That's the only other one. Um, it's about my um, Russian uh, Ashkenazi grandma and she, she terrorized us. And um, oh, so you've got Russia, you've got Russian in your family. I have got anyway. Russian from, you know, back when, but um, oh. she absolutely terrorized us. And the stories are fantastic. And they're so funny looking back. So, you know, 
I think you know, that's going to be a really good one for people to come and see. So, Brilliant. Yeah, Brilliant. thank you very well, much anyway, luck, Andy. Well, good luck with the show. Now, before we go, because we're going to do a quick bit of backtracking, OK? Because normally at the end of the first half, I ask people to do the hard sell, but we've not really done it here, I want to do it a bit different today. So, mm-hmm. obviously, recap again. When is the show in September? So... I'm doing previews of Professional Scapegoat on the 26th of September, back-to-back two previews. And then on the 27th and the 28th, I've got two shows. So um, please come down. Uh, my tickets are, they are, all, are they all at the same venue? Yes, they are. They're at That's the fine. King's Arms in Salford. Brilliant. Are, t- are tickets on sale now? They're not. Uh, they will be in the next couple of weeks. Brilliant. So, this well, podcast will be going out live at the end of July, so beautiful. check then. It should be then, okay? That is Brilliant. amazing. Now, That's if people want to find out more about you, in addition, where do you recommend they go? So, because obviously I'm brand new, <laughs> I am <laughs> just, I've got my Insta, which is poo, um, and I am going to start doing a website I don't want to do, you know, get too ahead of myself and start doing all this huge website and everything, and then my show flops. So, so to be honest, gonna... I don't, I don't have a big website. I've got a blog, and I've just said that I use all these social well, media. Do networks. you? Where yeah. do you have that? I've got a blog on Blogspot. Oh, okay. I might look into that. That's a great but, idea. But then I've just set up people who have known as well, which I've not shared yet properly. Substack. Oh. I've just started using Substack as well. Okay. Andy, can I hear some of your poetry, please? We're going to do this off air, right? So I'm not sharing anything <laughs> anyway, yeah, on air, right? Saying. So, right, listen, Thank you very much, Eve, anyway. it's been a pleasure. Okay, so good luck with the show. Keep informed, okay? Take and care. Thank you very much. We'll see you soon. Take care, guys and girls. See you all later. Spoken later.